0: Hi and welcome everybody. This is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development and I'm really delighted to have with us Lemeria, who's an Emergency Preparedness Coordinator for Action Against Hunger, who's worked around the world. Good morning or good evening Lemeria.
1: Good evening to you as well or good morning to wherever you you are calling from. Yes.
0: Great to see you. Thank you for giving us your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now tell us about your role that you have right now and how, how you came to have the role that you have right now?
1: So I have been, uh, currently I am the Emergency Preparedness and Response Coordinator and I work with uh, Action Against Hunger uh, based in France. But I think all through my career I have been a humanitarian and development professional, started way back in uh, South Sudan during the conflict and um, worked basically in various, you know, conflicts and natural disasters uh, Uh, context. As we know, uh, currently, I mean, in 2020, 2021, we've been experiencing multiple disasters, one also Mm. related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And so I guess through my career, I've always had this passion to... uh, experience, I would say, or to contribute uh, towards the emergency preparedness and response, working directly with communities and at some point supporting teams. So currently, uh, my role involves supporting country teams in various countries across Africa, Asia and the Middle East, but basically to be able to prepare for and mitigate uh, emergencies. And it could be either through conflict, it could be natural disasters, either slow onset like drought, or it could be as well earthquake, you're looking at flooding, you're looking at uh, epidemics or pandemics such as COVID-19. And um, mm. So what I do is I support the country teams to put strategies in place uh, to mitigate uh those disasters as we call them from happening or to lessen the impact of the disasters and communities that we are we are here to serve yes
0: and because your organization is because your organization is called action against hunger i would imagine your focus is on food security supplying food and in all of those different situations that you talked about
1: Absolutely right, so it's more food security related, Uh, it could be as well water, sanitation and hygiene because it's quite linked together Mm. Um, and it could be issues to do with mental health and psychosocial support as well because as we know sometimes during um, a disaster, it's all related uh, in terms of um, how communities are able to be resilient to experience what it is that they are going through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it also could be like, uh, they need a bit of uh, um, support in um, distressing Mm -hmm. mitigation on how they can cope with the event that is in front of them, right? Mm. Yeah, so of course uh, uh, as well to do with uh, food security, uh, livelihood approaches and and things like that, yes.
0: Mm So you're coordinating across different countries and as you've said different types of situations like you said drought slow onset um earthquake is something that's very sudden how do you manage the the differences in the way that you have to support the teams given the very different context
1: Sorry uh just excuse me because I have my kids in the background and they're sure. quite uh, and they're moving and unfortunately I cannot get them out of the room <laughs> sorry about that So <laughs> you're giving them again. the them the le- i can give them like the eye like mommy's in a meeting right now you know <laughs> right yeah sorry
0: okay. about that that's okay no problem this is live so that's fine um, <laughs> so lemuria you have very different situations in different countries so an earthquake is different from uh, developing drought over time and then the ongoing pandemic how do you manage? How do you balance supporting different teams with different strategies?
1: I guess it comes with. Uh, for me personally, it's the dedication and the passion that I have for the work, mm-hmm. you know. And at some point, also looking at the interest that emanates from a particular from a particular country, uh, and the need for them to feel that i am able to contribute in a substantial way uh that's one and secondly um it's also i mean because my work doesn't just involve um, me working by myself i also get other support from either the government and uh, working together with the government. And so the, the support system within that really helps to either cascade that information um, towards our teams, towards our communities that we are supporting as well. So I guess that is that is how I am able to manage. But of course, at some point, you know, um, uh, my role involves a lot of travel Oh. And in some cases, uh, um, it's trying to balance requests that will be coming from one particular country to another because sometimes when we are on deployment, you would also be needed in a specific country that needs uh, need your support. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Tell us about one of the projects that you're leading right now or coordinating.
1: Um. I would say uh, right now, basically, my role involves... Having or ensuring or supporting, I would say, the country teams to have emergency preparedness and response plans. So I just, uh, I have just come from Zimbabwe actually, uh, and was mm-hmm. supporting the team to go through this process. And one of the things is that. Uh, we, we look at the preparedness plan and we discuss the sort of like hazards or crises that the country um is going through you know so of course Zimbabwe as we know there's some northern part of the country is going through a drought uh, mm. crisis and the last two years or so they've gone through they've gone through the cyclone season um that has resulted to flooding as well as um, some cholera or disease outbreaks Mm -hmm. so my role involves supporting the supporting the the i mean one of the projects that I'm, i'm supporting or coordinating is ensuring that their preparedness plan aligns with what hazards that the country is going through and then to put the measures sort of like what we call the minimum preparedness measures in place so that they can be able to uh, articulate and they can be able to respond uh, better in the future should this emergency uh, strike. So basically looking at um, anticipatory actions so they anticipate that for example there will be a flooding coming, and then what do they need to put in place to ensure that, yeah, the risk to this flooding to the communities is sort of like lessened. So this is it's an ongoing project. It will go for one year uh, until 2022, the end Mm. of 2022, then we can revert back back to see whether um, they have been able to put the strategies in place, right? Mm.
0: So let's focus on that, the preparation for flooding, the minimum preparedness measures. What are some of those?
1: So these could be organizationally, we call, uh, could be basic or small things that ensure project planning. For example, one of the, one of the key issues that as organizations we always, we always battle with is funding you know mm-hmm. and at the beginning of of a crisis normally you have uh this donor hesitancy that goes towards funding for something that has not happened yet so you oh. see uh, more and more interested i mean more donors are interested in funding after you know so it's more reactive they want to see that okay this has affected x number of people and we can be able to uh, to support but on the other hand, uh, with the minimum preparedness measures, what we look at is you identify, okay, if funding is an issue, uh, something that you would want to be covered, you already can reach out to the donors in advance of a crisis and you let them know that, okay, through our, our planning or through our risk analysis and risk mapping we've identified, there's going to be flooding coming in december based on of course uh, the information from the meteorological department you have specific no, no. modeling uh indicators that can already tell you that okay we are sure that they will be flooding this season and with that we reach out in advance to the donors to let them know okay if you provide us with funding now we are able to save Let's say X amount of dollars in response. So it's actually cheaper for you to invest now in preparedness mm. than uh, for you to 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 provide assistance when there is uh, when there is when the event has already happened. So that is one. Organizationally as well, what we do is we look for like the contract. Uh, provider, contract uh, or service providers, I would say, and these service by providers could be in items that we need. Let's say it could be uh, stocks or contingency stocks that could go either uh, to support the communities or the, or the participants, we would say, uh, to be able to for the team to procure in advance or to pre-position these contingency stocks in the event mm. of, a, of, a, um, of a crisis so these are some of those preparedness measures that we use in other in other situations we also do use uh, let's say uh, cash or cash and voucher assistance so that Uh, It's easier. It's faster. So either the team already goes out to look for financial service providers, they understand how much uh, should there be a crisis, how much uh, assistance will be provided in terms of cash. And and like in how many in how many months would this assistance be needed, so that Hmm. have those measures in place already before the event has uh, has happened. Yeah. So those are some of the preparedness measures that we put in place, even looking at things to do with security, if it's a heightened uh, a context that has a heightened security risk as well. So you do use uh, risk mapping or security mapping just to ensure that um, things already are in place before uh, before the event happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just excuse me again. Hey, a Idris? Please, mommy's in a meeting. Can you respect that mummy's in a meeting and you just keep uh, your voice down? Thank you. Thank you.
0: Nice. <laughs> so you've mentioned funding, connecting with service providers in advance, um, seeing if cash assistance is the way to go, the duration of that and the amount as well. Exactly. Uh, and then security mapping as well to make sure the security, I guess, of your team and the security of the project is going to be, secured during those times so what happens what happens when it just all goes bad and all of the planning and all of the preparation and you might get yes the flooding does happen but then there's a war or a conflict breaks out and then you have a, a pandemic what do you how do you manage those things that are not prepared for? Do you have wider organizations you work with to fill in the gaps? What do you do?
1: So, yes, and normally um, we, we don't work on a vacuum, we work with others. So, right. you, you either work with the government uh, and we work as well with the national organizations, um, much more at the grassroots level yeah and and this is this is the part this is the, the 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 part where there is this empowering process so you look at uh, government institutions and in most cases we rely as with a with a disaster risk management agency or authority if it is in a country, um, and then we also liaise with, let's say, the the, the the national organizations that are also present, um, mm-hmm. and with this we are able to uh, to be able to. Uh, you want to say hello? Yes. Sorry. With this we are able to to be able to provide that assistance that um, that uh, and and everybody at the same time can be able to play a particular a particular role. In this um in, in this uh, in a crisis in the event that everything goes wrong, but normally we say uh, with with uh, proper planning and you put these mitigation measures in place and you do a risk analysis, then you can be able to identify who does what, when and where, you know in the event uh, we say if things don't go according to plan.
0: Lemiria, just as we wrap up, if someone wanted to do what you're doing, and be involved in the type of work you're doing what are some trainings or some experiences that you would encourage um aspiring emergency preparedness coordinators to do how can they prepare
1: right i would say um the passion you have to have the passion and the belief that uh it's possible to mitigate, to prepare, you know, and you have to even look inwardly within your own lifestyle to see that, okay, if I prepare uh, for something, probably it's going to go well. Um, But then um, it's very important to as well have the field, what I call the field experience or having started from a point um, of, working in an actual context where there are needs. Um, And out of that, then you can be able to relate much more with the situations that is uh, on the ground. Mm -hmm. So passion, experience, but also I would say um, is to be able to have some level of uh, training You know, uh, education in basically uh, humanitarian uh, emergency and development sector. And you, mm. can, you can combine that, of course, with the field experience that would come quite in handy. Because sometimes I think what we fail to do is uh, we theorize. Huh? And I remember even for me at some point, I was theorizing quite a lot, you know. Uh, but then having that real field experience where you are there with the community, you're able to understand mm. what the needs are, then you can be able to contribute in a much more substantial way and in a, in a more... Um, I would say, uh, authentic way to be able to, mm. uh, to support and, and, and to build um, the preparedness uh, measures that, that we, are, we are talking about, yes. Mm. Right.
0: Well, Lameria, thank you very much for giving us your time. Thank you for sharing some of your experiences and, and how you do what you do. Really appreciate you doing this for us.
1: No, thank you very much for having having me and uh, I apologize again for the background noise and for my kids being around <laughs> being around sometimes. Uh, however much you you train them, <laughs> you know, you tell them I'm in a meeting. Yeah, some sometimes it, it all goes wrong. No <laughs> but thank problem. you very much for have for having
0: me. It's been really great. Please don't go anywhere. Just as we wrap up, I'd love to have a quick talk with you after we close the broadcast. So please stay with us. And for those of you that are watching the recording, or you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, on YouTube, or maybe you're watching the rebroadcast on Twitch or on Twitter, thanks so much for being with us and if you're an emergency manager if you're from military or from another industry where you carry the responsibility of emergency management often you're doing training you're constantly doing courses you're getting upgraded you're learning new techniques or legislation you probably have that big binder full of certifications and courses that you've done but sometimes it doesn't translate into an academic degree or into a master's degree that you want or you need to improve your career that's why we were established so do reach out to us. Us, UARD.org or UARD.AC.NZ would love to help you and give you recognition of all of your prior learning so you can move your career forward and gain the qualification that you need for your career. So we look forward to seeing you again on our next video cast and thank you again, Lemuria.